0: 20-somethings who are either married or in committed relationships, who say their unions are more secure and more honest because they don't believe in monogamy. I just took off my clothes and I had to do it. We're talking about swinging or, as it's
1: known now, living in the lifestyle. We're going to have to give you some swinging. Technically, an orgy requires a minimum of six participants.
0: my This is a new generation of swingers be coming at
1: you on Friday hi everyone welcome to swinging around episode two I'm Cal
0: and I'm JB so Cal any uh, news or anything you want to talk about before we get into the meat of the show
1: well yeah I think we were so busy and trying to worry about the first show and letting people know who we are and stuff, we actually, it was just Halloween and we didn't talk about the awesome Halloween party that we had just attended the week the weekend before that.
0: Yeah, it's funny. We were trying to let people get to know who we were, but we ignored a part of who we were, which is a recent party that we went to.
1: Yeah, the Halloween parties are always the highlight of the year. Halloween is the swingers' holiday.
0: It absolutely is. I mean, if you're a woman, a swingers' party is basically Halloween for you because you're going to dress up, I mean. It's guaranteed one outfit, if not two. That's true, it's an
1: outfit. But for Halloween, you get to be like a fantastical costume, I guess. Like, you get to be some kind of. You're not just trying to be hot.
0: (laughs) Right. So, so to to clarify for any new viewers out there, what we're referring to is um, a local club swingers' party, which in our region tends to draw about 300 to 350 plus couples. So, you can imagine it's quite a lot of. People and quite a lot of sexiness, all jam-packed into one hot sweaty mess.
1: Yeah, the Halloween party is always the biggest. Like you said, it's about 300 couples or so. You know, you get to be 650, 700 people. It's a lot of hot, sweaty people.
0: Yeah, it's hot. And, you know, um, there's always a few women who walk around with actually no clothing on at all. They, they paint their bodies. The body paint. And, and that's all they wear. And I have to envy them a little bit because they're probably the least hot of anyone, although there's nothing to really soak up your sweat. So I think I'd be a little fearful of being smelly or, or maybe even making the paint run. You haven't
1: mentioned that. That's funny.
0: I don't know that I have the self-confidence to walk around and just body paint. I mean, I don't know.
1: It's funny because, I mean, you have on occasion, I mean, played with girls, but you mostly lean pretty much completely heterosexual,
0: just mm-hmm. like me.
1: But I remember at the party, you saw the girl who had the body paint on and she had kind of it was like a. it was like both her tits were like bullseyes, I think, and she had They, a, they
0: were like spiraled. Yeah. yeah,
1: spiraled spiraled bullseyes and she had a unicorn paint at her back and yep. you looked right at me and you're like, I'd suck those titties.
0: Yeah, I think I'd had a, a couple of drinks in me, but you know, that's when the truth tends to come out. So I wouldn't label myself as bisexual or even bicurious, but I would enjoy it. a nice round, maybe semi firm titty every now and then. They're not <laughs> bad to feel. I mean it's 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 a fun bag. You've almost, I mean,
1: you've almost got a label. I don't know. I mean, I guess curious is too strong, but I don't know. Well, when you occasionally play, play the
0: with The reason I say that is because I don't want to have anything to do with a puss. I just, the, the lips and the smell and the look of it, I, it's not a turn-on to me. If anyone wants to go down on me, mouth is a mouth. I've said that before, and I'll repeat it. I love it. a good pussy. I know you do. You like to eat a good pussy, too. I want
1: everything to do with the pussy. <laughs> hey,
0: I'm not going to complain about that. So, we get back to the the party a little bit, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a hotel party, but the dancing portion of it was, was off premise. So we all got to dress up in our sexiest clothing and, and go to basically it was like the takeover of a, a hall or a bar. I'm not even sure yeah, quite sure was, what the place
1: was, was. Yeah, it was like a hall, like a decent hall that they had done. Last year, a lot of times the Halloween parties will be on-premise, where you have the party in a ballroom of the hotel, mm-hmm. and then the party will be there. You'll dance till 1 o'clock or so, and then the after-party will be after. But this year, it was off-premise. They chartered the bus for us, so you, you know you drive over there, you drink on the bus, and have a have a, have a decent time while you're riding over there.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely had a good time. I know it's for those of you who maybe are getting new into the lifestyle or are in the lifestyle and have never gone to a larger club or street party event, Halloween is, is definitely one to go to, and of course, this this episode's broadcasting after Halloween, so it doesn't do you any good this year, but I highly recommend you check out and see if there's any local clubs around you for next year, because it's so much fun.
1: Well, we already got your outfit purchased for next year. We did. Oh, We're that's, that's, that's another is,
0: swingers but. hint right there. <laughs> 75% off at Lover's Lane on all costumes starting the day after Halloween. Pretty so. much, I
1: think pretty much any Halloween, like the Halloween cities around, you know, those things too. I think yep. I think anything will have the sales, but we just happened to get yours from loverslane.com. Right. But it was a really fun night. We met some new couples that night we had never met. We're from Michigan, as we mentioned. We met some couples from Ohio that were very cool, very fun. It was just a really fun, hot, very sexual night. The, yeah. It was a very, as one of the as one of the males from the couple we were hanging out with, it was an incredibly sexually charged
0: party. I it mean, was. And what's funny to me is I don't have any kind of religious stigma. I don't really associate myself with religion. But there was a guy there who was dressed as Jesus, and I just found him to be incredibly hot. And I say that because the guy is who I found hot. But he happened to be in a Jesus costume, and so... Everyone there was uh, kind of taking it in a religious light. Oh, you think he's hot? Do you have this thing for Jesus? I really don't. Just the
1: guy was hot.
0: Yeah, it was one of the sexiest costumes there. And then on the flip side, and I think you saw this guy, he was dressed as a gnome with his long beard that was probably down to his knees. The girls always try to make sure they have... awful. The girls always try to
1: make sure they're in their sexiest costumes, and most of the guys do too, but some of the guys do the silly costumes, which are fine, and fun and other places, but this is a, a swinger's holiday party. You got to try to sex it up. So yeah, from a
0: woman's perspective, if you're a man, we want to see some bicep, we some chest, some abs, show us some leg. We want to see skin, just like you want to see skin. We want to see skin. Show us some skin, even if you're on the heavier side. I'm sure your arms aren't fatty. You know, there's got to be a part of you. Highlight your assets. That's a good piece of advice for women, but men need to take that to heart too. And and show us what you got. And don't be afraid to wear a mask. I think some of the sexier costumes were had some masks, because you can't really see That'd be who's behind hot. it. You That'd be know, hot. You I see don't, the body, but not I don't the mean face.
1: Sex, I mean, it would be sexy, but it would be just temperature hot. I couldn't. I could
0: probably last 45 minutes. Yeah, on the mask I on, I agree. It would be hot. But maybe start off with the mask and then take it off after a while. One of the interesting things,
1: which I don't even think I brought up to you, was an interesting comment happened that I've thought about it was, and I haven't really given it much thought beyond that oh that was just interesting given the crowd that we're already in we were having a good time we met a, we, we met a black couple that we were having a good time with and she asked, it's not typical although it's not untypical or atypical for stuff to happen right there in the party and not the after party but she asked if she could take care of me orally while we were dancing while the party was going on and not so
0: completion, but just a play. Oh, yeah, just
1: a play. And we did. And that was very cool, very hot. And then after we were done, did you hear the guy who was, like, mixed swinging? Interesting.
0: No, I didn't hear anybody say that.
1: Yeah, it was, like, cause we were kind of close to the door, and so I just thought that was interesting. Like, even here among swingers, there was still the person who was, I don't know, there's still a thing about mixed races or mixing together. Cause yeah. I, I thought that was an interesting comment. Just... Given the open nature and where we're at in general, yeah, it to was hear a that. pretty
0: mixed crowd, so yeah. that surprises me. But I guess you know some people are less open-minded than others, even though they're open-minded sexually, they might not be open-minded racially.
1: Yeah. Uh, like
0: the one of the other couples that we played with at the previous party, that was the first time she had been with a black man, and she said, mm-hmm. you know, I never ever thought I would have been with a black man, and so and she crossed that
1: barrier. We haven't even really given it much thought. I mean, we played with white and black. That's been about it. Not that we haven't tried other races. I would personally love an Asian.
0: Oh, I know you would. We just haven't come across the But as no, Asian. we not. I'd love a Latino man. But
1: yeah, I I really haven't talked about that. That statement just rung out to me. It was just mm-hmm. interesting that out of all this, the thing that you picked up from seeing a guy getting blown in public is that it oh, was a mixed, black chick who was mixed swinging. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that is but... funny. That was the interesting part. There was one other thing that. I didn't think about it at the time, but now it leaves me scratching my head a little bit. Is that particular couple that you're referring to had a camera with them? Yeah. That was the first time I've ever seen a camera at a swingers event, Even not even including cell phone cameras. And so I've never really even having, seen anybody take pictures of Nobody was really having a
1: problem with it. But, but at the
0: same time, I, you know, at the time I didn't think anything of it. They weren't taking pictures of other people, they weren't
1: yeah, trying they were, to cop they were, a feel or take pictures of pictures, nudies. They were just. Enjoying themselves, like, taking pictures of themselves. And they actually asked us to I be in mean, a couple yeah. pictures, with, which was fine. We, we didn't really think about it at the time. But, yeah, having cameras is usually a, an incredible no-no. But not only did we not even think about it at the time, nobody else, like, I'm surprised nobody else Yeah, nobody said anything. it's always an incredible, It's you know, a taboo. Yeah. You, you, Although you,
0: it wasn't at the after party. It was during the regular party where usually there's not a ton of nudity other than the women with body paint. Yeah. And there's usually not a lot of sexually explicit activities going on. The occasional, you know, penis that comes out for some oral, the titties that come out, but no one usually engages in sex at that during the, the pre-party, you could call it. So mm-hmm.
1: the Halloween parties are always incredibly fun. This year we actually carved the pornkins.
0: Pornkins, <laughs> we did. That was a lot of fun. And actually, if you check out our Twitter page, our pornkin pictures are posted.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are. It, well, for those of you who don't know what porkins are, they are just sexually explicit pumpkin carvings. There's just a company that markets them and just calls them porkins. But really, they're just those the cutouts that you make. And
0: there's like some the very patterns. Th- you can th- buy the patterns. Yeah, the patterns.
1: Some very funny ones. The one that you did was a girl in... What position was it? The girl...
0: There was a girl who was blowing a guy oh, yeah, while and then getting fucked from behind. Yeah. And they were like, the three it was a threesome that was basically on a bed. Yeah. So there's the outline of the bed and you could see the guy who was sitting down and you could see the outline of his penis and then the, the female head right by the penis and then yeah. behind her was the guy and you could see his you know, his penis and his ball sack and all of that. I, I the, was kinda happy with with the way it turned out. Actually. It looked good. It
1: looks good. And then mine was a uh, girl getting uh cum shot right to the face and then the cutouts up, the, yeah. The drips. It was it was pretty good. It's funny trying to carve those out, and you're trying to make the, you're trying to carve out the ridge around the penis head on a pumpkin. And you're like,
0: <laughs> it came out pretty detailed.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought Un- it was good. Unfortunately, it didn't. We had fun carving them, and they looked good in the dark. But the problem was, is we put them outside our door at the hotel, and the lights. I mean, I guess we didn't even think about it, but hotel lights. You know, the hallways are always lit, so you can't really get that good pumpkin effect. Mm-hmm. Um, they were
0: hard. It was hard to tell for what they were. Other people had a hard time telling what they were. We already knew what they yeah, were, we knew. so we and the, could see and, it, and, the people right.
1: we sh- and the people we showed, we, turn on the, we turn, brought them in the hotel room and turned off the light. They they got it, but it was still fun. I th- I think I'm still going to want to do it next year.
0: Mm-hmm. The only problem is, because we carved those, we were pumpkin carved out, so we didn't actually carve normal pumpkins for <laughs> we Halloween. Didn't carve any normal, I kind of missed pumpkins. having those around for the trick-or-treaters. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we don't even get that many trick or treaters, and I was—I don't know—carving the carving the pumpkin made me realize I'm a sort of a one pumpkin carving, one pumpkin a year guy. Yeah. Because
0: slimy goop, we don't eat it. We only make so many of the you, seeds. You like the pumpkin seeds? I
1: like them a very little bit. I think you know. I I mean, I literally had maybe three or four. Yeah, i munch on them. Yeah. Do we? Have, I think we even have. I some threw of them, them out. out. Oh, you threw them out.
0: Mm-hmm. There ought to be just too many seeds for one person to eat, so I tossed them. So that was the Halloween party, and of
1: course, you all can guess what happened at the after party. We (laughs) had a very, very good time.
0: We did. We're not alone. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you to the sailor and the stewardess, I believe. Oh, yeah. Is that what they were dressed as? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was fun. That was actually my first experience with fake titties. I'd never felt a fake boob before. I, I liked it. That was
1: my first time really playing for any length of time, I mean... The only other time I'd experienced it was at a strip club. Go
0: figure. I think I think the first
1: time I ever went to a strip club when I turned. So that was the
0: first time you didn't have to pay for it.
1: <laughs> when I when I turned eighteen and my high school friends went to the went to the local Deja Vu and just got a lap dance and you don't even really get to grab them or anything you know they kind of mm-hmm. bounce in your face a little bit and you can really, you, you can tell that, you know the that they're just different but
0: yeah. At least that's Michigan law. I don't know what strip clubs are like in other states, but...
1: Well, yeah. And then, I mean, there's always, you know, they always say you can pay for more, and (laughs) places will, you know... Did you pay
0: for more? No.
1: But depending (laughs) on the quality of the place, you know, they'll do more, but that was my first experience, Mm -hmm. you know, playing for any length of time, and they're quite nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're they're a little on the firm side, but I don't mind a firm pitch, so...
1: (laughs) (laughs) They were on the firm side, and...
0: And perfectly and round. going
1: back to what we said earlier, you say, you know, you're not by curious at all, but I saw I saw some lips sucking on some fake titties.
0: Well, that was fake titty curious. <laughs> so I could do a comparison, you know. You can't compare if you don't experience. Mm-hmm. So with that, why don't we dive into the show?
1: Yeah, we'll move on into our topic. I know last week at the end of the episode we mentioned that this week's topic was going to be focusing on fears associated with swinging and jealousy. But in preparing this show, we realized that's sort of getting the cart ahead of the horse a little bit, and we'd like to talk about why couples swing, how you get into swinging, and maybe why you decide to stay in the swinging lifestyle, because we've encountered couples who have been in it for a while. We've also encountered couples who are in it, and then they hadn't talked enough, hadn't talked about their rules, and then you have an experience, and then, then they're out. Yeah. We've had that a couple of times.
0: Yeah, yeah. You need to talk about why a couple might swing before you talk about a barrier that would prevent them from then getting into it. So that's what we'll talk about today. So I, I think a good place to start is why do we swing?
1: Well, yeah. I was, I was gonna ask you. You know, going boiling it down to how does a couple even? I mean, I guess we can just use ourselves as examples, but you know, how does a couple even start
0: down this path? Because I think it is a path. I don't think you just arrive at we're going to swing. Yeah. Well, and that uh, gets back to what we talked about last week too, where We didn't want to start off labeling ourselves as swingers. And I'd be willing to bet that there's a lot of other couples that are like that, too, where you're seeking out something sexually, it ends up being what's known as swinging. But when you're seeking it out, you don't immediately decide to swing. At least that's that's how I think it progresses for a lot of couples. I'm sure there's couples out there who decide right off the bat, we want to swing. I'm, I'm sure that happens, but from our experiences and from people we've talked to, I think it progresses more naturally than just saying, I want to swing.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's going to be the focus of our show is that we're going to try to make things universal to couples that we've met. But I think for the most part, it's going to be mine and your, mine and your experiences, the way how things yep. happen for us. Right. And that's why we'll our bring viewpoint. in people
0: to interview. And that's why we encourage any of you listeners out there, send us your stories, send us your experiences, email us at swingingaround@gmail.com.
1: So, yeah, we're going to talk about our experiences, you know, from early on in our relationship. And how our journey, how our path got us to where we are now in a swinging lifestyle. Mm-hmm.
0: But we've met a plenty of other couples where we can speak for couples that we've met, too. So we won't bore them too much with me, me, me talk. There's other mm-hmm. couples out there that we've experienced. So we we can talk about that mm-hmm. as well.
1: But we would love, if any listeners would like to email in their stories, how them and their spouse and significant other got into swinging. Yeah, it'd be great. And
0: Send us sexy stories, too.
1: Yeah, we would, we would really like to hear any sexy, hot, steamy stories.
0: Yep, absolutely. So... I think that a lot of couples would get into swinging because one member initially brings it up. It takes one person to initially bring it up. It doesn't mean the other member's not interested, but I think one of the two people in a couple has to overcome that initial fear of, what's my spouse going to say, and just bring it up. I think that's kind of step one. Or maybe even step one before that is realization that there's something to bring up in the first
1: place. Yes, I think even before that, I think it's just even getting to the point, I mean, yes, there are going to be couples who maybe they have a regular sex life, but one of the individuals has thought about this and would like to bring it up with their significant other, and they do. I mean, and especially the way it happened for us is you're already pretty sexually adventurous. You you know, you're already uh, very sexually open. I know we were.
0: Well, maybe for some people. I bet there's people out there who've never been sexually adventurous at all, but they have this self-realization or self-actualization where... They come to terms with the fact that perhaps they're not fully satisfied, or they're satisfied, but there's more that they'd like to do. That doesn't necessarily mean that they've done it in the past, but they're open to doing it. So, in our case, you and I were both already pretty sexually open and had some of those sexual experiences, having sex in public,
1: yeah, not sex in front of other
0: people. But sex
1: in public was always sex uh, in risky
0: places. Sex,
1: that was always the thing that we liked to do, and that was a mm-hmm. hot thing. And I mean, very early on, we were a very sexually adventurous couple, right and toys and public sex. Anywhere that we could do it, that it was risky. public
0: places, not necessarily public sex. There wasn't public watching us, but there's a potential for public. I think a few times. I mean,
1: on the lawn, on, (laughs) you know, Main Street. (laughs) Yeah, we were
0: lucky there. We could have been arrested for that. Yeah. So, I guess getting back to the point I was trying to make was that I think that there's probably more likely women than men, but people out there who want to be sexually adventurous, but have never taken the leap, and it's taken their spouse or their partner, whoever they're with, to bring them along with them, but they're they're people that are open to it, maybe a little bit naturally, intrinsically, concluded to do it, but just haven't taken that leap. Mm -hmm. So, we weren't like that, but I bet there's people out there who who are. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I guess step one, like we were saying, is self-realization. You have to be introspective enough to realize that there's something else that you desire. Yeah. I and think then figure out what that is. I
1: mean, it doesn't have to be something that's missing from your relationship, although I guess that could be. Usually, we try to think that swinging is not something that's supposed to help fix the relationship. If you're already having problems in a relationship, introducing swinging is not going to fix it. And if anything, it's going to make it worse.
0: In most cases. In the
1: rare exception, if the reason that there's problems is because you want... To do things with other people. Yeah. That's
0: that's a case. Yeah. Where
1: swinging, world will, probably
0: the only case.
1: Yeah, where swinging will solve the problems. I feel like you have to have, you have to have a very solid foundation as a couple before mm-hmm. you venture into lifestyle. You better, yeah. or else you're gonna run into problems. So I
0: want to get back to this self actualization thing because I think you have to have a very strong idea of who you are too. So I I think there's two things that are required. You have to understand yourself or start to begin to understand yourself. And then you have to have a strong connection in open communication with your partner. So that leads me to a question for you, Cal, is what or who or probably more likely what made you first realize that you wanted to get into something that might be extramarital? Like what was it that pushed you down that road that made you think, hmm, this might be fun? Well,
1: I think, you know, the very typical male thing that, a threesome would be fun. I've approached the swinging. For so us. do you think
0: it was just like a a little seed planted in your head, having seen it in porn, for example, or in the movies, or or some portrayal of it made you think, hmm, that would be really sexy. Yeah. And I then mean, you thought I'd like to pursue that.
1: Yeah, I think just like you mentioned last episode, you know, you're with me, but you like cotton. You wanna. I don't you deny. Wanna, you wanna see him, I do you wanna, enjoy. You, a cock. you wanna play with them. All
0: shapes, all sizes. Boys, send me pictures. <laughs> It's kind of a cliche now but that
1: cereal analogy where you know you only have one type of cereal for the rest of your life. It's a, it's actually I hate hearing it because it's always overused when people talk about oh you're going to get married oh you're only going to have one cereal for the rest of your life. I hate that analogy but it's actually kind of true that I still find other women attractive. But did it
0: scare you to think of only having sex with me for the rest of your life? No. No, not at all. But I wasn't trying to lead you down a, a path to a question that you couldn't answer. By the way, the, well, oh, I don't don't answer. worry, folks out there. I'm not trying to to play the wife who suddenly gets mad or jealous. Which I think there's women out there who would ask a man that question and then get angry either way. So, but I mean, anyway, we'll
1: we'll talk about you in a moment. But I think your answer will be very similar. You know, you have your significant other, and they fulfill everything. But you're still a human being. I I feel like who has wants and desires, and you see other women and, and you find them attractive, and, and also that...
0: Now, conservatives would argue that humans by nature are monogamous, and so having found your well, quote-unquote soulmate, you should feel that way.
1: I'm not sure if you're just playing devil's advocate I or not.
0: I'm not saying I believe it, but... Yeah,
1: because I believe that that's actually, it's completely the opposite, where human beings by nature are not monogamous. I think, you know, that's how we got to where we are right now in this mm-hmm. lifestyle, Any human being is going to find more than one individual attractive and desirable, coupled with the fact that there's a lot of sex involving more than one person. There's experiences that no matter how much you love the individual you're with, you just cannot experience two mouths on your cock. You just
0: can't without... Well, I guess my question was, did you initially have thoughts like that, and that's what led you to want to pursue flinging? Like, did that thought initially pop in your head, or did you have that thought after after you had realized, hey, you know, maybe we want to go to a fingers party, oh, I could have two cocks on my wall. Well, I think it's
1: before, because that's working backwards, I feel like. You know, you start off with... Well, I guess
0: you could start off with one idea of I would like to do this and then build on it.
1: I mean, I think it just naturally the question of I want to go to a fingers party. That's always going to be a second thought to something else, like I want to have sex with another woman, or I want to play with another woman, or I want to have this experience, this threesome experience, I want to experience a doable job, and then how do you go about getting those things? I think those, how would you accomplish doing those things? Right. I think that leads you to swinging. I can't even see a scenario where your first thought is I want to do something in the swinger realm. Right, and then yeah, I
0: agree with you. The, that's why we, we said earlier, like, the term swinging comes afterwards after you figure out what it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, I can say I, I grew up pretty conservatively and... I always thought that, you know, once you're in a relationship, that's it. It's the, the one cereal for the rest of your life. And I was okay with that and willing to accept that and settle for that. But in the back of my mind, there was always the wonder, what would it be like to have another cock? Like, I wouldn't mind another cock. I mean, you, you're not the only man I've ever been with. But the thought of not having the opportunity to experience more than what I have been with, um, I wouldn't say it was scary, but it was a little bit restrictive. But again, I, I was willing to accept the lifestyle that I had chosen. I chose to get married to you, I love you, and traditionally that's how a marriage is defined. Once you're married, that's the person you're with. But as I would watch porn and see these other scenarios, I found myself drawn to watching group sex. I, I mentioned last time that I enjoy good gay, gay porn, but I also enjoy good group sex videos. And so I got to realizing, well, why couldn't that be me? Why couldn't we enjoy that kind of a scenario? maybe that's something my partner is open to and I think after you realize that there's something that you want that's sort of step number two is could you experience this with your partner is there a way to to do that and to to stay true to your relationship and not bring about cheating Mm -hmm. yeah oh and that reminds me of one more thing that I wanted to, to mention you said something about how because you're human you can't not be attracted to other people and look at other people I totally agree with that statement, and it really drives me nuts. It pisses me off when women get mad at men for looking at other women. Or when men get mad at women for looking at other men, I suppose. I don't think you typically see that. In TV, it's always portrayed as the husband glances over and catches a a sexy skirt or some sexy titties. The woman catches him, and then she gets angry at him for the rest of the night. And I just, that annoys me when it's portrayed that way. That being said, I think that you can linger a little bit too well, yeah. long. I mean, you can let your eyes linger, you can let your jaw drop, you can drool. I mean, not literally, but I think there's, there's ways to be discreet about looking at other women, and then there's ways to be a hound dog. And yeah. hound dog, and it's not good no matter what situation you're in. But I think it's unrealistic for a man or a woman to not allow their spouse or partner to think other people are attractive. Yeah. I mean, we have a subscription to Playboy for a reason. They're, they're and, hot people.
1: And going back to what you said. Oh, and the
0: articles are good. <laughs> the articles
1: are good. Again, the cliche that, you know, I only read it for the articles. And with all the porn in today's world, the, the, the spread you see in Playboy are relatively tame. I mean, the mm-hmm. women are. It's no hustler. The women are beautiful, but. Before I got a subscription, I didn't realize, and I've only had a subscription for the last <laughs> couple of years, but the articles are Yeah, the cliché is,
0: I read it for the articles. It's really true. Yeah, the They're articles good, are really the, good. They're good, and the interviews are great.
1: But going back to what you were saying, that you had thoughts, you were concerned, oh, I'm only going to have you for the rest of my life, but I want to... Not that you don't satisfy
0: me. I love your cop.
1: And you made a comment, something along the lines that you're only going to be with me and not experience others, but it... It also has to do with variety as well. It's not just that I want to experience different things. Mm-hmm. It's that I want to experience it on a regular, not a regular basis. I mean, it could be a regular yeah. basis, but it would not be as good knowing, like, I'm going to be with you for two years than with somebody else for two years. Yeah, nope. you,
0: you wouldn't want to experience it serially, and that gets back to you're in love with me. I mean, I guess
1: I complain about the food analogy, but it's it's, it's very apt in a lot of scenarios because you want to rotate. You want to rotate around. You want, you want to experience and have it all... Sort of in the
0: same time frame. I mean, right. But you always go back to spaghetti. I like to be your spaghetti. You overindulge in spaghetti all the time. Yeah. I hope I'm your spaghetti. Well, I think
1: that's a swinging key. Is you always go back to? You always go back to your spouse. Um, another podcast we're listening to, they were mentioning that they have reclamation sex at the end of the night. You know, they reclaim their spouse. They always, mm-hmm. you know, however many couples.
0: I think we usually tend to do that too. It, it it's next day most of the time. Yeah,
1: sometimes you're too it's, tired from the night itself to actually <laughs> do it then. But
0: Some of that too is just the hotness carrying over into the next day and the next day and the next day usually but mm-hmm. that high from swinging and then the best way to share that high with your spouse is to fuck your spouse. So I mentioned that I like to watch group sex and group porn and that made me think, well, why can't that be me? So I it makes me wonder, what makes somebody decide to act on something that they find to be hot or attractive? Why, why do they have to go beyond just watching porn? I mean, if you think about me, I'm married, I'm in a monogamous relationship. Shouldn't I just want to watch the group sex? Isn't that enough? Because I'm married, I shouldn't be allowed to hang out with other people or swing with other people. Well, that's a point of contention
1: with me that people say fantasy should stay a fantasy, which I think is complete bullshit for almost all scenarios unless it's something illegal unless your fantasy is that you want to kill somebody but if your fantasy is that you might want to fuck another couple or you might want to you might want to have a couple or or more people involved in the scenario if that's your fantasy that's definitely something to at least be explored or and discussed with your significant other you and your significant other might not decide that that's the direction you want to go but it should not be squashed right there because you hear all the time that Sometimes things are better left fantasies, or they're a fantasy for a reason. But that is the wrong mindset for yeah, most things. Like I, I agree said, with if it's you. if if it's an illegal activity, of course, don't engage in it. Or it's
0: something that's gonna ruin a longstanding good relationship, like fucking a best friend. Or I well, mean, th- even, those are things that might need more discussion than just yeah, but, Deciding to but even to that, bring that, in another couple that
1: shouldn't be fucking a best friend. That's even a scenario that shouldn't be abandoned right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, communication is there for a reason. I mean, that's. The paramount key, I think that is the absolute key to the lifestyle. I think it's the key to any good relationship is that communication has to be rock solid between the couple. And even that scenario that fucking a best friend, you know, you bring it up to your spouse. I mean, eventually you got to bring it up with your friend. And see,
0: that's the key is bringing it up with your spouse. So if there's something in your sex life that you're not getting that you have realized that you want or would like to try, the best thing to do is to bring it up with your spouse, not to try and seek it out behind your spouse's mm-hmm. back. So that's I, what's going to lead to problems and jealousy and, and other topics for future shows. And I know for me, it was just the cliché of having a threesome. Having
1: another woman there because, try as you might, I mean, you're fantastic, but there's things that you can do with... You can't clone me. There's things you can do with more than one person there that you just can't do between two people. There's right. things that you can do. So I, I, I think if the desire is strong enough... If it's something that you want to pursue and the desire is strong enough, then I think that's when you bring it up and discuss right. it.
0: And, and that's, again, like you were saying, where communication is key. I think there's a lot of people who won't bring topics up to their spouse because they don't know how their spouse is going to react. Oh, they're going to think I just want to cheat. Oh, they're going to think that I'm not happy in our relationship. I'm not satisfied. I'm I'm not enough woman for him, I think is a common fear that men would have that would be their, their women's response. So I can imagine it's very difficult to initially have that conversation. I I don't really remember mine and yours' first conversation about it. Well, I mean, we've had a lot of different
1: types of conversations. I remember going all the way back to when we were first dating, we talked about it would be hot just to include another couple. And I think at the time it was just, you know, having sex in the same room as another couple.
0: Right. And and I think my thoughts were, wow, that'd be hot, but no, we can't do that. We're married. We, who would do that? Yeah. But it was kind of the like fake, uh-uh, I can't do that, but secretly wanting it type mm-hmm. reaction.
1: Mm-hmm. We had those thoughts very early on. And I think even before we got together, we had them individually. Yeah. And it takes a long time to actually get to a point where you disregard, not disregard, I guess that's a wrong concept, but just you're not worried about what society, the way you were brought up, you've mentioned, and myself too, that, you know, you're brought up pretty, fairly conservatively mm-hmm. in that, and I feel like the norm is to be brought up to think that, you know, you're with one person. Yep, and, and that's and, how it and stays. It's, a, it's at least serial monogamy until you then get, involved you know, else. until you get involved with somebody seriously and get married, and then once you're married, it's them forever. That's right. I think that's the norm. It takes a long time I mean, to come to that realization that you can break out of that, that you don't mm-hmm. have to stick to the societal right. norms. And
0: before you and I were together, anyone else that I had been with or been in a serious relationship, I've always had a level of respect for my partner. Even if things didn't work out in the end, I've always respected my partner, so I've never cheated on my partner while we were together. I've never done that. But even so, there were, there were always thoughts of, if we were out on a date or out in a club or whatever, and I'd see other men, I've definitely always had the thought of, I wonder what it would be like to fuck him, or I wonder what it would be like to be with so-and-so, or, mm-hmm. and I mean, know, those guys, thoughts never went away, and I've always wondered... And
1: it's great to hear my, a woman actually say that, because those are the thoughts true. that are cliche that a guy has. Obviously, a guy has those thoughts. Ooh, she's hot, I'd love to fuck her. I'd look at those lips. I bet she gives a great blowjob, and or <laughs> just, you know, or just, look at those tits. But it's great to hear a girl actually say...
0: It's true, and and I've always wondered, am I different, because I... I have very few girlfriends who are open enough. I do have a few who are open enough to talk about that sort of thing, but it's yet another stigma that women don't masturbate. Women are are tight-lipped, so to speak. That's no pun intended, about their their own sexuality. And so I'm curious to know how many other women have those thoughts because I bet it's a significant chunk of women who have Mm -hmm. those kinds of thoughts. And so just the fact that I've had those thoughts and I don't suppress them. I, I realize they're there and I don't necessarily act on them either. Or at least I hadn't in the past. Just having those thoughts made me think that, you know, I'm different. I don't necessarily want the traditional lifestyle. I need to be open to other things. Mm-hmm. But it also means that I need to suppress my upbringing a bit and go against what I was taught. And so then you have to think, well, why was I taught? what I was taught. Why why do people say that you need to be monogamous and why do I say that I don't need to be monogamous?
1: Yeah, I think you know having those thoughts about being with other individuals it really makes you question the morality of what you were brought up and you have to, oh, recon- absolutely. You have to reconcile what my wants and desires versus what i've always been brought up as yeah. as being correct. I mean that's why swingers are still very much in the closet so to speak yep. is because
0: i'll admit after our first maybe maybe not our first swingers party but the first time we really hung out or did anything with another couple i felt a little dirty afterwards and maybe not quite ashamed but something that was borderline borderline shame i wouldn't say shame but it was just kind of a ooh did i just do that oh but it was so hot you know there was there was definitely some question about it but yeah. it wasn't a, it was wasn't a question about our relationship. It was a question about my own morality.
1: There's still that little, you know, the societal birds tripping in your ear that, you know, what you just did was wrong and your significant other, your spouse should be enough. And, mm-hmm. you know, but you just... why?
0: You only live once. You need mm-hmm. to, to cherish that and to enjoy yourself and be pleasured and give pleasure. That's really what life is about, giving and receiving pleasure in one form or another. I mean, oh, that's what Christmas is even about, you could mm-hmm. say. Different type of pleasure? Well, could be that. Could be either kind of pleasure, I suppose. What kind of gift am I getting? Ooh, don't you like to know. I, I think we spent a, a decent amount of time talking about
1: individually how you might come to the point that they would like to bring up swinging, but swinging is between a couple, so mm-hmm. now I think it's good to talk about involving the significant other in that. Yeah, so for that's you, a big step. So for you, JB, what, were your thoughts? what are your thoughts on bringing in the significant other after you've already had those thoughts?
0: I think you just have to sit down and have that open and honest conversation, and and that's where you really need to trust your partner. And if you do have that strong, trusting relationship, even if your partner doesn't want to do what you're suggesting, they should at least be open to hear what you have to say. I I think there's a problem in the relationship if your partner comes back and responds that they think that you're a creep or that there's something wrong with you. That type of closed-mindedness is a fear with anybody bringing it up, but... If you have that trust and bond between you and your spouse, that shouldn't be a worry. That shouldn't happen.
1: Yeah, I think that trust, you should be able to talk about anything with your spouse. And there's going to be couples out there who, they get to this point where they're talking, and they'll they'll decide that as a couple, swinging is not for them, Mm -hmm. as long as it's mutual. But then there's going to be those couples who relief oh i talked to her and yeah. you know she's actually up for me- meeting yeah. this couple or going to this party yeah but it, but it just
0: it comes it back is, to being able to bring it up with your spouse it is
1: it is nerve-wracking i mean there's those couples out there who start off right at the beginning of a relationship who they can talk to each other right away about these types of things they can mm-hmm. but i think it's fairly common that you sort of walk on eggshells how are they going to feel about this i know how i feel about it we've been married for seven years and in hearing you just now i you know i don't think that i even realized That you were having quite as many thoughts as I was having.
0: Well, women can be a little coy. Yeah. (laughs) That reminds me, when I was in college, um, there was a guy who had an, an apartment, I guess a dorm room next to mine. He was a good friend of mine. And one day we got particularly drunk and we were going out for some food, just him and I. And he decided to have some truth serum, essentially, and tell me that he enjoys dressing in women's clothing. And I was okay with that. He was a good guy. He didn't dress around in women's clothing in front of me, and it didn't bother me. But he was also engaged. And so I asked him if his fiancée knew, and he said yes. Not only did she know, she was accepting of it. And if he wanted to wear a dress while they were at home, she let him. And I thought, well, that is one hell of a fiance to be that accepting. I mean, that really is the the signs of a good relationship.
1: <laughs> then. It is definitely a sign of weirdness. Really yeah, a in, lot incidentally, of people...
0: I stopped being friends with the guy. We kind of lost touch with each other, but it had nothing to do with his dress wearing, and it didn't surprise me because there there was a little cross-dressing incident. He borrowed one of my dresses for something, and I, I found pictures of him a minute later. It was kind of a crazy scenario it in general. does but... like it was an accident. <laughs> I didn't know that he was going to put the dress on, so it was long story. Anyway, it just reminded me of. Scenarios outside of swinging where couples need to be able to have that open and honest relationship where someone can really truly be themselves. You don't want to hide a part of you when you're in a relationship. You want to be able to be yourself. I I feel like I'm 100% myself when I'm with you. I don't think there's anything that I hide. I think that
1: you're on to something when you say that a person should be able to be 100% themselves with their significant other. And I think that is a contributing factor to a lot of the cheating that happens. Because I don't feel that the human race is set out to be sexually monogamous and that everybody, not everybody, but there is the majority of people are going to have desires.
0: I like be- that you said sexually monogamous because I do think you and I are emotionally monogamous, mm-hmm. if not sexually.
1: And, and that's us, and not everybody's even that way, mm-hmm. but that's us. But I do think that it's important to be, to be 100% yourself that's where I think a lot of the cheating comes in because people have these desires and they're actually not willing to talk with their partner mm-hmm. and they decide to go outside of their marriage outside of their relationship yep, to fulfill this variety right.
0: I do think cheating can happen at the spur of the moment too though if we wanted to get on a side tangent on cheating I mean that could be a whole episode in and of itself but I do think that because of there's this inherent attraction to the other sex that you can't deny and it's hard to turn off and tone down I think that there can be cheating that happens in the heat of the moment, not because someone's unsatisfied or unfulfilled, but just because someone is sexually charged well, and sexually open. Like I, think that's I could the, see that happening with you, and I could see it happening with me, and it's it becomes a problem if it's a serial issue. But I think, I think a one-time thing...
1: I think that's part of the point, though, is that I think it is could be spur of the moment, but I think there is a background in it, though, that maybe you've been with the, the same partner for a little while, and you might not even consciously think about it, but there's this itch that you want to... You know, mm-hmm. you want to do something else. You want to be with something else. You want to try yeah. that. You want try that variety. Something so then, that you so, might
0: not have realized yet, but that's there. Like so, the, then part you of find yourself. You, you
1: know, you find yourself in that situation where it's for the moment, or it could be not be for the moment. But I mean, even if it is for the moment, I think that it, it stems from a lot of times that you're just not being fulfilled in the way that I think the human race is set out to be. Right. We're set up to experience variety right. in our sexual partners
0: and i guess that's where it all gets back to know yourself and then once you know yourself show yourself to your partner and
1: mm-hmm. discuss
0: that with your partner sit your partner down maybe talk to them after a rousing sex section maybe put on a porn that's something that you want to do and bring it up that way and say don't you think that's hot i would love to try that now what are all kinds of ways to bring it up
1: now what happens in a scenario where it doesn't work out as great as it did for us. What when one person sits down and the other person shuts them down completely? That no, that is not for us. I am not done with that. That is not something that I want to introduce mm-hmm. into our relationship.
0: What then? What I, what is somebody need to do? You need to figure out why. Why are they closed minded about it? Is there an experience that they've had? Is it their upbringing that they can't get over the morality of it? Is it jealousy? There, there's a reason for everything. And emotionally, some people aren't as in touch with themselves, or they might not even know why, why they feel that way. Why don't I like the color blue? Why don't I want to swing? Totally different questions, but essentially they get down to something on the inside of you, a feeling, an emotion that you need to dig at. And it doesn't mean you'll overcome it, but you at least need to understand why it's there. And so that is essentially a bunch of those, difficult questions to ask your partner and to have your partner ask of themselves to really delve into. And I I think that's, again, you have to have this strong, trusting relationship and there's going to be couples who just can't get there.
1: And I know from experience, I mean, there's a lot of times, I'm always the one in our relationship who will bring, and not just with swinging, with anything, who will bring things up and ask you to think about, well, why do you think about this? Oh, it
0: drives me nuts. I'm not one
1: for... And you'll tell me,
0: being you know, I don't know why
1: I, I don't know why I think that way, I just do.
0: But deep Some, down there's a reason sometimes why. Sometimes
1: there is a there's always a reason why. And sometimes a person doesn't hasn't put the thought into thinking, Why do I feel this way? And I almost can guarantee you that most people don't have the thought, Why am I monogamous? I don't think that they actually think, Why do I feel that monogamy is for me? I think if people actually sat down and asked themselves these questions, mm-hmm. what
0: So so why were you monogamous? Like why why were we monogamous at first? What, what's your response to that question?
1: Well, I think just because we're fulfilling our roles in society, we mm-hmm. are following the path. We're going to college, we're dating, we're getting married, we're being monogamous. I think we're just following the path. But yep. I think in for me, the, it
0: was this is what I'm supposed to do.
1: For those couples, it's a very tough scenario, and I'm I think we're both very lucky that neither one of us are in this situation where the other person just shoots it down but I think it'd be very tough if you are struggling with having these desires and having these thoughts and you have a spouse who shoots you down I think the most you can hope for is just to have that you have good communication yeah. and, and I to think be able it's... to talk about that I feel like a lot of times it comes across that you're being the selfish one that you want to introduce some, somebody else into the relationship but it also goes the other way that they're being selfish that they're not worried about how you feel you are feeling unfulfilled or right. that you have certain desires that you want to have. Yeah, and
0: that goes for more than just sexually. I mean, that could be somebody who's unfulfilled in their job and they want to change jobs or they have to move. You know, I mean, that goes for a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's up to the spouse who's being asked to push their boundaries. I think it's really up to them to try and work with their partner. I don't think it's fair to just turn someone down without explanation, without delving into why. I think it's fair if you turn someone down and you have reasonable explanation and you can agree to portions of the plan, but if you just shoot someone down outright, I think that you've done a terrible disservice to your spouse.
1: It is not an easy question. I don't want it to make it sound like if somebody shoots down swinging or the idea, the concept of opening up the relationship in any way, if there's any other shoots it down, I don't want to make it sound like that you should just be able to ask why and they should be able to right then spout they off an answer. They probably won't it's be able going to, to answer. It's being that introspective is incredibly difficult. Yep. And it's, it's
0: And it's probably not going to happen that night you're or gonna the next do, night. It's going to take It's going to take a lot of
1: communication, but it's also going to take a lot of thought by each party, by each person. You, you need to really think, why do I feel the way that I feel truly beyond that it's the way I'm supposed to feel. If you really get down to why do I feel the way I feel. And I, with us, that actually leads to change. You realize, well, I'm I'm feeling this way. Because society says that you that that you should right. feel a certain way, it's not
0: a valid reason to feel that way. But or... when you really
1: boil it down, you really drill down and get down to your base emotions, and you try to figure it out. And I don't ever think it's because you should is never a good reason. I don't think it's, it's acceptable. There's in in that scenario, both people need to really examine themselves mm-hmm. and then come back and take a few days or however long it takes yeah, and, I mean, and then... reapproach the topic. I mean, you can't solve yeah. it, you're not going to solve that in one night, one sitting, one discussion. The cliche
0: is that Rome wasn't built in a day and neither were swingers. Mm -hmm. It takes time, and it takes a lot of time and effort and communication to figure out what you want to do. And I also think it takes baby steps. Not every couple is just going to go from being monogamous to swinging. Full swap, fucking other couples immediately. In fact, I think most couples aren't going to do that. It takes a lot of time and baby steps. And the person who wants to live out the fantasy of having a threesome needs to realize that if their spouse is initially uncomfortable with it, it might take several months, maybe even a year or two to work up to what they're waiting for, but you can have a lot of good, sexy, fun, hot times just watching other people have sex or taking those baby steps, maybe going out on a date with another couple and not doing anything else. We Mm -hmm. actually were playing around with another couple, and I say playing is a light term, because we never actually did anything sexual with this other couple. We met up with them, they knew that we were swingers, they were in the SLS swing lifestyle community online, and I think they were satisfied just to simply go out and have a drink with a swinger couple, because we never played with them. They never pursued anything, they never really wanted to meet up at a party, they never wanted to do anything, but even now they still call us and want to know if we want to go to the bar, and I think that is enough for their relationship. Enough to
1: get them going. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I mean, maybe that'll be enough for other couples and to get the foot in the door.
1: Baby steps is perfectly the right way to put it, because I think that with a rare exception that it, it's always going to take baby steps. I think there's very few couples who are going to dive right in and go head or pussy first.
0: <laughs> or a cock first.
1: Well, that was the head.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't get that. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm in a swinger podcast, and I didn't get the head joke. That's pretty <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> so... With that, I, I think we've covered the topic of how people might get into swinging or realize they're into swinging pretty well. What do you think? Is there anything else you want to add to the discussion? No, I,
1: I think we covered it pretty well. There's obviously future episodes, issues relating to this. We'll circle around and come back up. But mm-hmm. I think we covered it pretty well. And we'll how... still
0: have to cover fears. And, I mean, we've touched on it a little bit with bringing it up to your partner in the first place. That's one of the barriers to swinging for mm-hmm. sure. And we can get into that more in future episodes as we initially planned to today. And now it's time for our segment, Sexy News.
1: Uh, all the American troops pulling out help the situation. Oh, no. So if you think you're gonna, you
0: want the money shot of them with their arms in the air, you're going to get it. It's in both of their self-interest right now. to say the money shot. Yeah. The money shot. You know? Yeah. And Belinda, I just can't understand how something so small can be so impressive.
1: Well, Mark, you would know about that. So this week, I saw some very funny sex news that I have to bring up. A man in Zimbabwe was caught practicing a type of black magic called Mubababo
0: <laughs>
1: on a woman in a bus terminal.
0: Now that sounds like something kind of like hunnilingus. <laughs> you need to explain.
1: The strange act seems to be a type of voodoo spell with which a man can be intimate with a woman using only his mind. Oh, that's not And fine. without any physical contact. So the title of the article was Man Arrested for Having Sex with Women Using His Mind. That's crazy. Yeah. A popular newspaper in the area, The Chronicle, reported that they became suspicious after noticing the man's movements. They decided to step in on his imaginative, frisky escapades. And there was no description of what exactly these movements were, but you can only imagine they were like have been touching himself. thrusting movements or some kind of <laughs>
0: But from. he wasn't actually physically touching the woman he at wasn't. all.
1: Okay. He wasn't. But the woman reported that when she was talking to ey- eyewitnesses, she reported feeling some unusual feelings in her private parts.
0: Ooh, I wouldn't mind if you played a little Jedi mind trick on me.
1: But it's a legitimate thing in Zimbabwe, I guess. He was, uh, that's crazy. He was arrested for crazy it. There's people down there. And it's too early. He was just arrested, so it's too early to so know if he was, there, how if he was charged. The outcome of that. but That's crazy. I thought that was a pretty, pretty interesting one.
0: Yeah. What do you got for me? So I came across an article in a popular Ghana newspaper, online newspaper, and it was titled Dangerous Sex Positions to Avoid. So I wanted to see if you agree with this. They listed the most dangerous sex position as the standing 69 because if you get close to climax, you actually are at risk of dropping the woman on her head.
1: <laughs> That's funny. I thought that the risk would be... Don't, if you're doing it under a ceiling fan, the woman's legs could get, <laughs> to get hung.
0: No, it actually explicitly says, like, do not try this position at home. It is unsafe and you could end up killing your spouse. I suppose, but I mean,
1: we've I done that. I think it's a little bit of a conservative article. I, if you're doing that all the way to completion, more power to you because the salmon it takes to hold a woman <laughs> in that position yeah, and, and is quite a lot. So it,
0: Incidentally, that you bring up holding a woman, it, it also recommends not trying any position where the man is holding the woman during sex where the man might be propped up against a wall and then holding the woman's legs, or the woman might trying to be holding their own body weight with their legs wrapped around the man. Those are hot ones, they, though. They suggest not even trying them.
1: I can't imagine actually getting to the point where you're actually finishing in the standing 69, because you just do that It's every- hard to
0: finish in 69 in general. You do that—well, we always seem to, though. <laughs> I know, but I think it's a, str- think it's a difficult feat, but because the- you have to focus on pleasing your partner— while losing focus because your partner's pleasing the, you, it's the, it's almost a losing battle. The standing in sixty nine—that's just for show.
1: I mean, not just at a swinger event. That's just like in the bedroom. You're like, this is hot. It's like the
0: man showing off. We haven't I done think. this in a
1: while because it takes. I mean, you gotta—you're holding the woman up. It takes a lot. I mean, yeah, the, and
0: she's blowing you. So presumably, you're gonna lose some of your. Plus, I always assume that the blood's
1: rushing to your head. And, so, <laughs> it it I don't definitely. Know. I
0: feel like you ten, can get dizzy. I feel like ten seconds. If you're going
1: all the way to when you're actually blowing, that's
0: yeah, agreed. The article actually referenced one more position that I didn't have time to look up before the episode, so I recommend anybody look this up. But they recommended not doing the tongs. and oh, they described they described it as the man is on the bed, and the woman is physically supporting all of her weight on top of the man, like hold- she's holding herself up with her arms. And her legs are, like, widespread, and she's fucking him. And they, they called it the tongs. So I'm, I'm not quite sure what that is, but they said that, like, if the woman slips or is unable to support her own weight, then you could risk falling and, and you know, damaging Wait, the penis. Wait, so is it, just,
1: is it just girl on, is it just, like, cowgirl, then? No, girl because
0: the woman's legs are in the air. Hmm. So yeah. I, I imagine it's some kind of a gymnastic-type pose. Well, I don't well, think that there's a normal woman out we'll there doing out, this.
1: But so I guess listeners, avoid the tongs.
0: <laughs> avoid the tongs. Also, I came across an article from another online source called The Examiner, and they were suggesting that you can spice up your life with cinnamon, and that's an aphrodisiac I've never heard about before, but they came across some scientific studies that said if you use some cinnamon oil, it can actually increase your sexual stimulation. You just put a drop or two in your sexual area, and then it can increase stimulation. So that might be worth trying out. Doesn't
1: that seem risky to have around the, you know, the pussy? Well, cinnamon's not
0: sugar, but I mean, if you imagine like cinnamon gum, it makes your tongue kind of tingle when you when you eat big red. So maybe you transfer that same type of feeling down downstairs. Sounds like it'd be fun, but messy. Cinnamon, I don't know. And pure. It's it's cinnamon oil, so that might be different.
1: different Pure cinnamon, if you ever think that pure cinnamon oh, it's going to be delicious and you're making something and you, you try a little bit, just pure cinnamon, it's kind of big. Yeah. It's not very well, good by itself. There was
0: that YouTube phenomenon not that long ago where people were trying to eat a spoonful of cinnamon and couldn't do it. Like, people were actually rushed to the hospital for okay. trying to eat a spoonful I, of cinnamon because it makes your mouth so dry. Yeah, they, they did. I'm they, not recommending you listeners try this. Well, they did it on Mythbusters. I'm not endorsing. It's safe enough that they did it on Mythbusters. They, they had well. they had EMTs right there, though. Yeah, but they I did. Mean, they were doing but physical monitoring. I mean, yes, people have, gone, people have gone
1: to the hospital for that, but they had the EMTs right there, but they didn't need them. I mean, it's safe enough that they did it on TV with without any sort of modifications. I mean, just put a spoonful and... You just spit it right back out. I actually want to try it sometime. But. Okay,
0: but we're not endorsing it to any listeners.
1: You want to try Pull it? Pull up
0: the YouTube videos.
1: You're all adults here. At least I hope you
0: are. But you want to try it? Yeah, just don't sue us. Cal endorses it. Cal, you're crazy. We better not get any lawsuits from that. The the last piece of news that I came across was actually related to the recent election.
1: Yo, oh, yeah. This is what you saw on the NCSF website of the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. I did. It was
0: on their blog. That's a resource that we
1: just recently... Become aware of, and it's actually a great resource. I recommend all listeners go check it out. They are advocating for
0: sexual freedom for everyone. Sexual
1: freedom for everyone, but they're sort of catering to the the lifestyles that are marginalized right now, so the swinger lifestyle, Mm -hmm. the BDSM communities, you know, the more marginal communities.
0: Yep. So they had an article posted about a website that was doing some swinging statistics, and they were following links for different Google searches and search engine searches, and they were tracing them back to their origin. And what they found was that the so-called swing states, states like Florida or Ohio, the bigger states that don't necessarily vote Democratic or Republican, tended to also have a higher portion of the population looking up swinging and visiting swinging type websites. so it was almost like if you're in the swing state, you may be more likely to be a swinger. That's it's cool. I, I found that to be kind of interesting. Yeah,
1: that we yeah, have with the election just happening recently. That is, that is funny. I forget the swing states are Ohio. I don't even remember what the swing states One are. One
0: of them is Florida. I'm not sure I'm not, what the other swing I'm not, states as are. I don't,
1: as I should be, but I mean, yeah. do, you, do you ever thinking when you're reading the article that you know I could see all these states being swinger states?
0: <laughs> I don't know enough about politics to say that, but you know, anywhere there's a swinger, I would like to visit. So. <laughs> Take me to Ohio if it's got more swingers in it. And actually, we've met quite a few from Ohio, so maybe Mm -hmm. there's some truth to it. Not from Florida yet. We will. So, Cal, I think you had one more uh, piece of news.
1: Yeah. As a follow-up to last week's news with the election and the Measure B that we had talked about last week, which was the measure that was, along with other aspects, was going to require the porn industry to use condoms.
0: And by porn industry it's basically anybody who's shooting pornography or who has their home base in LA County.
1: Yes, specifically LA County which I read today, just today, that that actually makes up 8% of the world's porn
0: production. Which is pretty big because yeah, pornography yeah. is a multi multi-billion dollar industry.
1: It's the world's so I mean that's including... So 8% the, is that's pretty That's including big the japanese sex market as well and it's mm-hmm. including everywhere so eight percent is actually pretty large but yes the um in la county measure B, the proposal that was going to have the porn industry have to use condoms for anal and vaginal sex along with taking bloodborne pathogen classes for all yep. individuals and associated and I, with the porn production shoot
0: and we're not sure yet but it could also mean condoms for oral sex as well i mean I, i've heard that yes it does mean that and i've Also read that maybe, no, it doesn't mean that. It's all going to come down to interpretation. So it might mean a lot more condoms in mainstream porn.
1: But for those of you, I'm sure if you're in California, you already know, but for those of you who aren't, that measure passed. So, unfortunately, we don't know exactly the ramifications it's going to have. But from what I've been reading, the word is that, number one, it's going to take a while for these measures to actually be implemented Mm -hmm. and put into effect, but also that... The uh, industry is just going to leave, go somewhere else where they they're not as regulated. And I
0: guess we're just going to have to wait and see.
1: And just to reiterate our points, it's not that we don't think that using condoms is safe in everyday life. Yes, condoms are safe, but in, we, we in
0: advocate our, for taking the necessary precautions to keep yourself safe and healthy.
1: But in our porn, porn is that escapist route. You know, you just want to sit on the couch and jack off. You want to see a hot scene. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to sit there and diddle. And
0: I don't want to see condoms in my porn. Right. But and I do want my porn actors to be safe and healthy. And I think the measures that they currently had in place well, prior already, to that was to do regularly scheduled mm-hmm, They already tests, have the regularly scheduled The regularly scheduled, scheduled health tests.
1: I was reading today that it is mandatory that they do it on a monthly basis. And mm-hmm. Measure B doesn't
0: actually specify that they have to do... STD tests. Right. But it doesn't negate any pre-existing laws. So that mandatory testing doesn't necessarily go away. It's just added to. You shouldn't see condoms popping up in porn more frequently for a
1: while, if at all, because it sounds like the porn industry is just going to up and move. I'm sure everybody's Mm -hmm. not going to have the resources. There's always
0: plenty of amateur porn out there.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I don't think everybody's going to have the resources to up and move, but the bigger ones will. And The smaller ones
0: will follow Mm suit. And if you're like me and you like watching gay porn, you see condoms anyway. (laughs) So, with that, we're going to move on to our last segment hot, sexy scenes. Boobs! Boobs, boobs, boobs! Boobs and bush! Boobs and bush! Good boobs. Those are good ones. We're like 35 seconds in. Nice. Credit bush. You never get opening credit. I know, this is crazy.
1: So, this is the segment where we talk about the hot scenes that got us going this week. And this week we watched American Psycho, just because it was the Halloween season.
0: Not traditionally a movie that we, you would look for for a hot, sexy scene, but no, there's it's definitely a, a good one in there. It's a
1: thriller. For those of you who haven't seen it, again, I don't like to spoil, but it's a 2000 movie directed by Mary Heron, who really hasn't done anything of no other than this movie. It's based on the 1991 book. Christian Bale plays a... American Psycho? Yeah, I was trying to think about how to word it without being—I don't want to be spoilery, but spoilery—but he plays a role that is kind of creepy. He's a uppity Wall Street guy who has some issues. We'll just leave it at that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the and scene, he
0: plays those plays those issues out on a couple of women.
1: Yeah, the hot scene from the movie is—it happens about halfway through—and Patrick Bateman, the Christian Bale's character, picks up a hooker and brings him back to his his high class apartment. He calls up a call girl, and she comes over as well, and the whole scene just plays out. He, he's being pretty creepy throughout the scene. The tone is actually... There's a lot
0: of Phil Collins music in the scene.
1: The movie's set in the 80s, even though it was made in 2000, and Patrick Bateman has an obsession with Phil Collins. So sort back of, to the sex scene. Sort of crappy 80s music. But the sex scene is, he has this, call, this hooker over and the call girl.
0: He kind of gives them instructions, and so he has them start off spending some time on one another, and then he starts to get involved, and it unravels into a rip-roaring male-female-female threesome. Pretty hot
1: threesome, although it's funny because he's very full of himself, so the scene isn't, it isn't too long, it's just a few minutes long. In between scenes of them blowing him and eating each other out, you'll see him looking at the mirror flexing.
0: But I didn't mind it, and I don't think you ladies out there will mind it either, because he's pretty ripped in the movie. So, it Even though he plays the American Psycho, he's pretty ripped. It's eye candy for sure. And, and the two women in the scene aren't bad either.
1: It was pretty hot. The call girl is definitely better than the, than the hooker he gets off the street. But I think that's yeah. the point. Mm-hmm. For those of you who haven't seen it, you should go out and look for it. For those of you who have, check it out. Rewatch that scene. It definitely got us going.
0: Thanks, Cal. I think that was a great suggestion. So I think it's time to wrap up episode two so that we can go into the bedroom and I can wrap you up. Mm -hmm. Our next episode is going to continue on from what we were talking about today a little bit and be about taking the leap to swinging.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, once you've already gotten to that point where you've had the discussions that we've talked about and gotten to that point with your partner,
0: where do you go from there? Yep, it should be a swinging good time. With that, I'd like to ask all you listeners out there to please email us your questions, your stories, any comments that you have. You can reach us at swingingaround at gmail.com. There's no D at the end of swinging. Also, we're on iTunes now, so please go on to iTunes, rate us, give us some feedback, and tell all your swinging family and friends about us. Please pass the word. We're trying to get our show started and up off the ground so we can really appreciate uh, you passing along the word about us. Um, you can also visit our blog. It's swinging-around.blogspot.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at swingingaround, no G at the end of swinging.
1: All right, everyone. Stay sexy and stay swinging.
0: You shouldn't play with shit.